Welcome to another episode of Saints and Sinners Unplugged. I am Pastor Ken Jones, joined by our regular co-hosts, Jose Prado, David Menendez, and Aldo Leon. We have really been looking at this issue of how our doctrines of sanctification oftentimes overshadow what we give and even a clear and proper gospel-oriented understanding of justification. So this is across the board. We're not firing shots at Arminians or anything like this. This is, this is an issue that is, I think it's just a human issue that we, um, we sometimes get overwhelmed by what we see, the failures that we see in, in Christian lives, and then we listen to the extreme language of grace that God does pardon sinners, and somehow people, in trying to prevent sinners from sinning, um, will make it as easy, they, they will claim it as easy believism. If you're saying that God forgives sins, and it, you're basically, they're, they're hearing us say that it doesn't matter how you live, and we're not saying that at all. But we are making clear distinctions between justification and sanctification. Last week, we began by uh, looking at a particular passage from uh, Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, um, that where Paul exhorts in verse 12 to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And then he says in verse 13, for it is God who is at work in you, both causing you to will and do of his good pleasure. Now, some have, have taken that to mean that it's your salvation, you have to work on it, but I love the way, uh, the point that Aldo made, that um, it's a salvation that's been given to you. This is what God has given, so the whole exhortation there is to live in light of the grace that you've been given because that's where God's power is at work in that yeah. gospel. Yeah. Work out, work out your salvation, not work out your law keeping. Yeah, 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 and not That's work for your salvation. You're not, you're not singing for your supper here. You, mm. you've been given. So now respond to that which you've yeah. been given. Now th- there are a number of other passages we can go to that people or work, have, or work out, work out your future salvation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Right. Well, I mean, well, you you are being saved, aren't you? <laughs> you you are a work in progress. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. That's that that's very inside. Um, but there are a number of other passages that people take and distort to assume that it means something other than what it actually says, and they use these as I guess proof texts against a doctrine of grace or free grace in Christ. Now. Rather than just one verse, I'm going to cite an entire book that Mm. has been used (laughs) to justify this, and that is the book of James. Gentlemen, what do we do with James? we got to rip it out of the Bible. Now you're sounding like a Lutheran, (laughs) or at least Luther himself. And I say this with much love to all of my Lutheran friends, but that was the problem that that, that Luther had with with, uh, the book of of James. But, But what is... Why, why well, do people perceive there's a disconnect between Paul's emphasis on grace, and especially in books like Romans and Galatians, and what James says? Because James talks about a justification by works, not by faith only. Okay. So it, it's very clear that James talks like that. Right. It is in James chapter 2, verse 24. 
you see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. That's it. Mm-hmm. Close the Bible. That's done. <laughs> that would that would make us all atheists and to renounce yeah. the faith. Yeah. Because it's in direct contradiction with Paul in Romans chapters three and four. David, that's 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 the other justification. There's two. well, there's two <laughs> final justification. Yeah, yeah. it's well, still a contradiction. <laughs> I, I had a friend. I had a friend in California that owned a Christian bookstore, and he was reformed. And he's, you know, he would sell Bibles. And that I, sounds like a contradiction. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I would, yeah, it's, it's a Christian bookstore selling Bibles. Uh, but, but I would, I tried to get him to agree if he could come up with some kind of contraption that every time he sold a Bible to a dispensationalist, that the book of Revelation would disappear. <laughs> so they, they wouldn't have it. <laughs> he, couldn't, he couldn't come up with the technology to do that. Um, and I'm thinking the same thing with people. Oh, I see what you're saying. That like, where's he going with that? <laughs> people that I, I wish people who are mm-hmm. on this 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 tirade hmm. for sanctification by by works alone. I wish they would not have access to those verses in James. So so uh, David, you're going to be our resident <laughs> James specialist. Well, what does both, that both verse? You guys, both you guys are James specialists. Yeah. What does that verse mean? I'm not that. So I'll, I'll just listen. What What do those verses mean, and what is it that they don't mean? I think, like with every um, Bible passage and every book, it has to be framed uh, correctly in the context. So there is a justification being talked about here, but where? Where okay. is this justification taking place? Mm-hmm. Verse 18 says, "But someone will say." You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Notice that this is not God saying us, saying to us, show me your faith by your works. Right. This is a justification, a kind of demonstration, mm-hmm. and the context for it is it's horizontal. The, it's, it's, horizontal. Exactly. it's in the world. You show me. Now, can you show me your faith? Yeah. You can't. Well, it's, it's interesting in that very same vein, because I think this is very consistent with Paul's teachings throughout mm-hmm. the New Testament. Oftentimes, which is part of the argument against Colossians, in Colossians people want to define spiritual matur- maturity and spirituality by these subjective experiences. Mm-hmm. I think Paul makes the point in various places that proof of our vertical love to God yep. is manifest in That's our right. horizontal dealings. Yep. Yeah, it's and know, God is very <clears throat> interested in making that happen. God is very yes. interested in 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 bringing that demonstration to bear upon an unbelieving world. Yeah. He wants to justify our faith by our works, where not before mm-hmm. Him, right, but in the world and before our neighbor. Isn't that what yeah. John says in First John? How can we say that we love God whom we've not seen? Right. And yeah. not love our neighbor that we do yeah. see. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was having a conversation. I, I was like t- talking to someone in our church about this, and and I'm like, so 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 what 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 people are saying is that God doesn't know if you're saved until you work. Right. Is that what we're saying? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. He didn't. He wasn't sure about Abraham either. <laughs> right? Before God. Before God, the reality of my profession is not validated by Him un- unless. He sees. I mean, who? What, what God are we talking about? Yeah. And the thing you know? is, like, you you know, in order for you to come to that interpretation of those passages in James chapter two, mm. you have to completely ignore 
uh, chapter one and yep. and mm-hmm. the and the beginning of chapter two. That's right. Mm-hmm. Because the reality is that in the context, what we see is James making this uh, uh, this progressive uh, argument of faith and what faith looks like in the life of the believer. And he starts by the very moment where he's where he talks about trials and he's telling us mm-hmm. how we respond to our trials. Do we do we do we respond by faith, right. knowing that God is sovereign over our trials and that He's working in us, strengthening our faith, you know, uh, or do we just uh, you know depend on our own wisdom yeah. and our right. own understanding, you know? And so He's actually He's actually giving us this definition of what faith is and what faith looks like. And I love the part in chapter two at the beginning of chapter two. He he has the he has very Pauline language when he says, for instance, he says, "For whoever keeps <coughs> verse ten of chapter two for." Whoever keeps the entire law and yet stumbles at one point mm-hmm. is guilty of breaking it all. I mean, that's pretty much Galatians chapter three. Yeah, you is. know, he he is just he's speaking the same language as Paul. Okay, and then he says in verse twelve, speak and act as those who are to be judged by the law of freedom. Mm. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's it's amazing. So that's it, not the law it's, of Moses. It's, it's an mm. argument. It's an argument. I would say for. For perseverance, for the nature of persevering faith. Mm-hmm. Now, we're not saved by our perseverance. No. We persevere because we have been saved. So I think in the same vein that Paul says in Romans chapter 5, that having been justified by faith, we have peace with God mm-hmm. through our Lord Jesus Christ. And now we glory in tribulations. Why? Because they are the landscape of perseverance. Notice in James, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now, if this is the trial of determining my eventual placement into heaven, I'm not going to count it all joy. I'm going to be terrified. That's right. Yeah. But mm-hmm. if this, if the starting point is that I have been justified by faith and I have peace with God, then my perseverance in the midst of testing and tribulations is a theater for God's glory from a standpoint of assurance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know what's interesting? Uh-huh. The, what I read, when I read James chapter 2, I get an idea of the supremacy of faith, not the supremacy of works. Yeah, of course. Because yes. James is saying, when you yeah. believe, look what happens when you believe. Sure. <laughs> so how do you get from that? And when you continue to believe in trials. So how do you get from James saying, yeah. looking to Christ yeah. is is powerful. It does this yeah. to right to the, the the works being the supreme thing in that conversation. So so, so J- what James tells me is what we're saying is that trusting in Christ works apart from your works works. And, and if you continue Not, the progression of yep, his argument, that's right. Okay, if you continue the progression of his argument, you're going to get to the point where he's pretty much letting us know that we are freaking sinful bastards <laughs> that cannot do anything. We can't even control our own tongue. That's right. Yeah. I mean, we can't yeah. even. If I can't even control my tongue, yeah. How how can I control my heart? How can I control yeah. my my emotions, my feelings, my thoughts? Mm-hmm. And so, what he's getting to is, listen, you need Christ. Yeah. You need to hold on to Christ. That's what James is really getting at. And well, be patient. In fact, he goes on to say, yeah. uh, "Draw near." Right, <laughs> to right, him and right. he draws near to you and, and he gives more grace and he gives more yeah. grace when you see the yes. failure of a tongue when you yes. see your concupiscence when you see that God is good but you are the ones that are evil down at heart and you see the wars of flow and issue from your wicked hearts yeah, and he what, gives more grace and, and yeah. what he does in that fourth chapter is he enlarges you look at the language he enlarges he's not obviously talking about wars between nations <laughs> but he's equating that failure to show 
uh, brotherly love on a horizontal level that it's equivalent to a war that's being waged. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. not talking about actual sexual ad- uh, adultery in, in chapter 4. He's speaking of our unfaithfulness to him. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. And then he says we want to be friends with the world. He's using adultery or sexual immorality in the same way that the Old Testament prophets used it in, in terms of their failure to trust in God and playing the harlot with every green everything under every green tree and his point there is even in that he says he gives more grace yes. that's right yes yeah. and 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 you know he he tells us to to lament to mourn yes and to weep so if if the theology of glory is what pervades James we don't end mm. up reading James on on lamenting and mourning and humility. Yeah. We end up on patting ourselves on the yeah. back saying, oh, I can see the evidence of my fa- – I can see yeah. my good works. That's wow. not what happens at the end of James. That's I was, I'll, I'll say you're, you're always going to find what you're looking for. That's true. Mm. Mm, that's, yeah, that's, you're always going to find what you're looking for. And, that, and so it's it's like well, you, you come up with this with, with a thing from a, from a text in Scripture or a chapter in Scripture – or a verse in scripture, or a book in scripture that is inconsistent with the totality of the scriptures, and I mean, yeah. you, you you you're gonna find what you're seeking to find, and if you're seeking to find that in James, you will find it everywhere. Well, let you know, me it, let me ask this because when we hear, uh, especially since in, in James chapter two, when he says, you know, show me your your faith by uh, show me your, your your faith, and I'll show you my faith by my works, and he talks about justification. Should we not talk about two aspects of justification? In other words, the doctrine of justification says that God declares sinners to be righteous based on the imputed righteousness of his son. So therefore, he declares us to be righteous, and that gives us a right standing before God. Now that, is that, es- that is eschatological. That is eschatological. Not just exactly. not, not not just not just contemporary. And, and and boy, you cannot emphasize that enough. Not only from Second Corinthians five, talking about a new creation, but even when Paul speaks of our being seated in heavenly places, that's, that's right. eschatological. Right. Now that being the case, those who are justified by God, those whom God has declared to be righteous, those that He is seated in heavenly places. We can say that all day long, but the proof of it to other fallen creatures is is played out horizontally. Yeah. So <clears throat> therefore, when Paul, when when James speaks of justification in that regard, he's not talking about a right standing before sure. God, but a right standing, but proof of our right standing yeah. before men. Yeah. And, and even sure. that proof, even that proof is in the day of visitation. Yes. Yeah. So that it's also eschatological, and that's why there's going to be yes. somehow works shown on the judgment day. Because on the day of visitation, whether it's now that somebody comes to Christ and then mm. says, oh, that's why he treated me like that, yeah. or yes. when we get to it's, that final day when we're glorified and God says, this is how Christians worked yeah. for the sake of Christ because they loved me. It's bringing yeah. that proof of the glory of God in us through the gospel. Yeah, yeah. 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 Peter mentions that that yeah. you know that mm-hmm. we are to have our conduct among men in such a way that so in the day, of, day visitation, of visitation they would have no excuse. Right. That's right. It's, impor- right. it's important to also think about that words are not defined by their you know their their lexical understand that you know how it is in the dictionary but they're 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 defined by their 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 context Mm. so justification 
um, in in Romans four and and three is not the same usage as justification in chapter James two. Same thing as justification in in in, in First Timothy three, where he was Jesus was yeah. justified mm. by the Spirit. That's not the right. same as my no. justification. Sure. sure. So there's a contextual sensitivity mm. to every word in Scripture that is very important. Absolutely. But but if we were to take Paul and and James. And you mentioned justification that Paul describes in Romans chapter four, and now they're in a church and they're claiming they're 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 quoting Paul from Romans four, and yet they are they're not loving their neighbor nor their brothers within the context of of the church. Can't isn't James saying? Wait a minute, you can't claim. To be, it's, it, how are you claiming to be justified before God and have no love and regard for your neighbor, for your brother? Isn't that really what he's addressing here? He says, you know, you're neglecting, you're, you're neglecting the widows and, yeah. and the orphans. You, yeah. You're making differences. You're, you're falling all over the rich man who comes in, That's and right. then you walk past the, 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 the brother poor who brother. has, yeah, the poor brother. You tell him, sit on, uh, over here. And yet, you have a right standing before God, and this is how you see your neighbor and your brother. Or, or would you say that even even to qualify that uh, more contextually, because I'm not sure that Paul is necessarily going just to the works to question the faith of believers, but he's looking at some believers who are boasting of their faith, boasting of their James. faith uh-huh. in James, yeah, yeah. and saying. How can you boast of faith? Oh, not, I agree. Not, not how can no, 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 no. You see I, what I'm saying? No, no. It's right. not. It's not just the action, but it's the boast. The boasting. The, the pride when there's lacking. Exactly. When there's so lacking, so wanted yeah. in, in in the riches of good works. Don't boast. Be <laughs> humble. You may be saved. Yeah. You may be a child of God, but you're boasting. Yeah. There's this grounds maybe for some questioning of your justification, yeah. but don't boast. Well, there you was know, there was a, a study, a, a sociology study. Study done a number of years ago from different nations and uh, children, school children from different nations. And they said, uh, one of the questions they asked was, you know, how do you think you did on this test? And they said a certain nation, they always felt they didn't do the best, but they actually did the best. And they said this about American students, that they scored the, the lowest, but they all thought they did the best. <laughs> you know, so they're boasting and what they think yeah. they've accomplished, and they've done nothing. Yeah. Right. I think that's what and, James and is the reason the there. reason we need to highlight that is because a lot of people just make that argument, and they just they no, just I, I they just goes to fruitfulness to buttress justification. But if there is a mark yeah. of not justification, it's boasting in your self righteousness when you yeah. don't have really. Well, it's the it's the same army argument of the Sermon on the Mount, man. Oh, the fact, yeah. yeah. It's I th- I th- I see when we walk through James. That's what I see. I, I see. <laughs> I see James re-preaching the Sermon on the Mount, you know, in 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 the aspect of um, um, brothers and sisters who are boasting on their faith, just like the Pharisees, like the religious, mm-hmm. you know, rulers of of Israel, and and pretty much being slapped in the face, mm-hmm. showing them. Yeah. You're not that great. But, you know, I think but, I think you know. the rich young ruler was a member of James Church. <laughs> but, yeah. but hey, but you right? know, but you know what's interesting is oftentimes this text is used to call for a fruitfulness, right. which is not even in the text. So like, it's, yeah. like, it's, yeah. it's, it's like this That's personal, individualistic yeah. morality. And James is saying, right. you really believe yeah. you should love people when they have practical yeah. needs. Yeah, You should care for people that like are, are, are not very presentable. What, what? And, and we use that text to talk about 
personal, private, mm. kind of uh, very fundamentalist piety, which not even yeah. James Point. James James sounds to me like a more like the social justice crowd mm. than he would sound like the the typical American fundamentalist who's always talking about this private sphere of morality that has nothing to do with people. Well, I, I right, think I think, right, I think right. the point that that you made earlier, David, that. James is not looking at the church and saying you guys are not doing enough. What he's he's tired of hearing them t- boasting, boasting about the yeah. stuff they are yeah. doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, they're boasting about their programs, and right. yet they're not showing any he's love. Bo- he is tired of hearing their prayers. The Phar- yeah. he's tired of going to the temple and hearing yeah. the Pharisee pray. Oh, exactly. am I not like this? And have I not done this, this, and that? He, Stop boasting he's and tired, get to. He's tired right? of their emphasis on external right. uh, obedience. Yeah. that's what he's tired of. Yep, and, and, and uh, not even just obedience. I think just church stuff. Yeah, yeah. The programs that we're supposed to have that defines us, the the, the feeding or whatever it is that we're doing that makes us, that puts our name in the paper. That's what he's tired of. He's tired I, I of love getting to chapter three and when he talks about wisdom, the portion of wisdom. Yeah. And I love to, uh, uh, I love the fact there. Gentle. You know, that piece of all these things, mm-hmm. all these things come from above and they're all yes. heart conditions. They're, they're not external yeah. Uh, ways of us doing or not doing they're all like they're all heart conditions that come from above it comes and they're from given our, in Christ to crucify Christ, our yes. flesh wow and wow. our pride that's, that's that's a great place for us to end this but I think James is taking on an argument as you pointed out David that we don't give him credit for citing he's not looking at his church and saying you guys are not doing enough he's hearing them and all the stuff they are taking pride in and he's saying you're missing it and so the challenge is not that they're not doing enough. They're not doing enough of the right things because they're driven by a wrong message. And he's, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I think he's just clarifying what a real gospel-driven culture is in yeah. light of, in light of a, a, a false yeah. a false one. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, listen, that's about all the time we have this week. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to being with you again next week on Saints and Sinners Unplugged.